Welcome to Demand Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Amon, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demodcast. My next guest is 33 and a third percent of the Boondocks podcast, the first that we know of podcast about the TV show, The Boondocks. And if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? <laughs> now she. I... D- <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> now she does. I'm sorry, I just go oh, ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying I didn't know if you were pausing for me to like hop in, but no, it's obviously stylized. See, this is what an amateur I'm in. I am, but go ahead. <laughs> she does. <laughs> She does SEO and talks a lot of shit on Twitter. Give it up for <laughs> Lindsay K. No, I'm totally joking. <laughs> but that is pretty amazing. If there's anything most people online know me for, it's talking shit. <laughs> um on even LinkedIn, like I get these emails <laughs> now from LinkedIn editors. Yes. And it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's like generated, but like these editors reach out to me, maybe they'll say like, Oh, we're having a conversation about advertising during COVID. We think you would add valuable insight. Would you please comment on this post? And clearly they're doing it because they know I just come in and like shit talk. <laughs> shit talk. So they're like, Oh, come in here and post and get people riled up. Though my intention is not to sow drama, I just have very strong opinions on things and I have no qualms about expressing them. And I am here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. A lot of people are not. You are the first person I have ever met that has started fights on LinkedIn. That is a special kind of shit talking. I mean, I don't start them per se. I'll just like, you know, it seems like people pose these questions and I don't mean to sound judgmental, but it seems like people just give these really politically correct cookie cutter answers or variations of the same answers. And I like to come in and say, wait, hold on, pause for a minute. Like they were having a conversation about, for real, about advertising during college football games and if it was unethical because this was way back earlier in the pandemic when no one really knew what was going on and I just said so everyone's talking and they told me oh come in and post and I'm just like everyone's chill with just talking about how much we should shift advertising spending during COVID and not the fact that we shouldn't have children playing a sport a contact sport during a global pandemic that we don't understand we're all cool with that now then of course several people started to argue with me but I had no problem finishing those. So <laughs> it just is what it is. And I'm not a jerk. Like if you can best me, like if you have something, you know, like if you just say to me, like, well, listen, the, the world has to go on. Business has to go on. That's just the nature of America. I may still agree with you, but I'll be like, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. You're still ethically wrong, but I understand what you're saying, you know? So, boy. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I totally get you. Uh, how did... <laughs> So from your perspective, how did the Boondocks podcast come together? Or should we d- d- introduce what the Boondocks podcast is before we get into how it came together? Whatever you want to do. Uh, we'll do two birds with one stone. 
So the Boondocks podcast, it really is a podcast that's about social justice and Black culture, Black society, and how we're sort of, I should say, what's sort of going on in the world today, particularly here in the United States, and how so much of what was written about in the Boondocks, in the cartoon, the comic strip, et cetera, relates so prevalently to what is occurring with civil rights and Black society here in America today in 2021. Keep in mind the show, the cartoon, I believe, was published around the year 2000. And just for so much of it to still be so relevant and so eerily on point at times, it just makes the perfect framework to sit and sort of have these conversations around uh, Black people in politics, the trial of R. Kelly, you know, we saw Surviving R. Kelly come out last year. And so it's just, it's just a very interesting listen. I, I encourage you all to download and enjoy. But how I came to know about it was actually me and my bestie, Danielle from the Trash Talking Podcast. We just, we used to do everything together, pretty inseparable. And then I moved out to the West Coast. She's still on the East Coast. And we would have these conversations and we would just thought we were so funny. So we put out this BS podcast, which is really just us having our phone conversations live for all the world to hear. <laughs> it started out with structure, but we lost that along the way. So it's really just two best friends talking shit online. And so she actually saw, because she loves Letter Kenny. So Tiara, one of the hosts of the Boondocks podcast, and then her husband, Dean, they run a podcast about Letter Kenny called How Are You Now? And her being like an obsessive Letterkenny fan, like she runs the no contact Letterkenny accounts on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And they have pretty huge followings. So she always followed them and she said, hey, look, they're doing this thing on the boondocks. I know you love the boondocks because I often make Uncle Ruckus jokes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And she's like, yeah, they're looking for another host. Like you should do it. And so I just reached out to Dean and Tiara and ended up on the show and then they were also talking with MJ our other host who also has a podcast on um, like which is really on trend on cannabis and proper cannabis use um, and that sort of stuff which I also need to learn about so then we all just came together and the magic kind of happened so you guys didn't know each other before all this no no not at all really and it's it's eerily creepy how we kind of vibe together like, we're all very different, but I think similar enough that there's, like, a really good chemistry. It's magic. I, th I thought maybe I'd missed something or something like that. I thought y'all had known, known each other for a while, the way y'all, yeah, y'all have amazing chemistry. That is, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Lindsay K. Are you ready? To answer um, the six questions. I'm just messing with you. Are you ready to answer <laughs> the six questions? I'm ready. Question number one. I guess you've kind of already uh, answered this one, so I'm not sure where we go with this. <laughs> um, because the first question is, when did you know you wanted to be a podcaster? Uh, I can double answer it though. Like, so Trash Talking Podcast is where it all started. And this podcast actually existed way back, I want to say in 2017, we did it. And 
it had more structure back then. We had like games we would play and specific topics. And we really came prepared. We're like, we're going to be podcasters. We're going to do this. And like, I had heard things like watch what crap and I used to listen to uh, like YouTubers, like Funky Dineva Ross and like Tasha Can, all these people. And I, I did want to get into like internet media because I felt like these people are really just out here saying whatever they want to say. They own their own platforms. And I think that is so amazing. Especially like I, I know a lot of black people like side eye me because I love Tasha K. I love TS Madison, and I just feel like these women just made something from just their opinions and putting themselves out there. So whatever, we get into to our little podcast and we're doing it. And then my girlfriend Danielle, she decided she wanted to join the police force. Well, I was kind of moving up in corporate. I was working at Xerox at the time, and was really being noticed and kind of, you know, it seemed like I was going to start moving up in corporate. So we both were like, shoot, we can't be out here, you know, talking about the things we talk about on the trash talking (laughs) podcast and have a corporate presence or have a police presence. Like people are going to start looking this stuff up. So we deleted every, wiped it from the internet, deleted everything, pulled it down everywhere and went on about our fake lies and, in 20, and I'm kind of answering, I think, another one of your questions. And so then I went through so much BS in my last job. And so much happened with the police force that Danielle said, I don't want anything to do with it, the police force. And I said, you know, corporate America is full of shit. I was raised, I went to Catholic school. And when I was younger, believe it or not, I was very meek and mild mannered. I was still always kind of silly and out there, but I was very obedient, very just let me respect my elders, never question authority out loud, do what I'm told to do, da 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 da. But like just the more I sort of just saw the duality and fakeness of corporate culture, like just because you act proper and then you turn around and like, you know, say the worst things you've ever heard said about another person, like you are not classy, you are not posh, you are not professional. And I just started to really throw away all, sorry, hit the mic, throw away all my misconceptions about like, just people and what's real and what's fake. So we just said, you know what, F it. Trash Talking Podcast makes us happy. We're doing this. We're going to create a space where we can be our authentic selves, And I don't care who finds it vulgar, blue, disgusting, whatever, because we speak the truth. And if you don't like the way it's delivered, that's great. Don't listen. The end. And there you have it. Yeah. It kind of goes right into the next question um, you sent over to me, which was, what do you wish you had known when you had started out? I wish I knew what I knew now. (laughs) Before before you do that, before you do that, hold on for a second. Hold on a second. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you first started out? That's exactly what I wish I'd known. Just to be oh, myself. Sorry. Just to, you know, embrace it. Like, I was, I think at that age, like, uh, seduced or mesmerized the way in which many people are by, I'm going to be a successful corporate businesswoman and I'm going to, you know, wear shiny high heels and stand in front of board. It, it just, it's BS. It's not me. And we should, I wish like kind of we just, if we had stayed on the tra- trajectory of the Trash Talking Podcast back then, I think it would be a lot bigger than it is right now. Mm. Um, but that's not why we do it anyway. You know, like we know there's things we could do to kind of boost, boost listenership of that podcast and stuff. And we just always come back to like, you know what? I just want to hang out with my best friend and, and talk shit. <laughs> so that's what we <laughs> keep doing. 
Nice. Um, and it has led to more professional opportunities. So like the Boondocks podcast. So, hey, worked out. But yep, just be yourself and do what aligns with you, who you authentically are. That's what I wish I had. I think I knew it back then, but I don't think I embraced it. I wish I embraced it back then. Question number three. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? So this question, I was so like, I even asked my husband, I was like, what's my favorite restaurant back in Rochester? That's where I'm from. And he was like, oh, Ethiopian food. I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. And he was like, yes, it is. That's always where, you know, we'd go the most. And that's true. But. Honestly, I am a small place girl. I don't like eating the same things all the time. So any kind of tapas restaurant, small place restaurant, that's my favorite kind of food and dish. Typically things with cheese. Like there's not one dish where I can say like, oh, you know, I like to have just uh, smoked salmon from Owl House. Like, nah, it's too, it's too consistent. And that is obviously, I think, not in my character. There were several bars in Rochester where I would hang out the most, um, those being the Revelry, Cheshire, the Cub House. And these were all really like speakeasy places, kind of. So you would kind of have like maybe appetizers, but mostly you were there for like the designer cocktails and all of that kind of stuff. So that's more my speed or just any place where you can sit down with like a group of people and just do share small plates, eat family style and have good booze. I'm there. Question number four. What are you curious about? The answer is, I know you probably get this answer a lot. It's everything. Too curious for my own good. Like I was definitely that kid where my mom used to be like, girl, like, okay, go look it up, go research it. Stop, stop digging at this or let well and let, let well enough be good enough and all of that stuff. Leave well enough alone. There's not a thing on this planet that I'm not curious, but curious about, but what I am most curious about, I would say are two things. One is kind of like the interconnectivity of everything. The circle of life is real, y'all. Like it's, it's not just the song in the Lion King. Um, even from microbes and like how they interact with each other and bacteria. I like love to read like scientific articles about like the way in which bacteria communicate with each other, which they totally do. Before I kind of got into podcasting, my screen name on Twitter was CRISPR baby, because I just thought like, what a fascinating notion that you can, you know, put gifts and this kind of stuff and edit people's genes and stuff. That stuff blows my mind. And I just do think that Everything is a lot more akin to computer processing, for lack of a better analogy, than people are fully embracing. Like, I think as a whole, as a collective, we all obviously know that science is putting out a lot more articles about this stuff. But I just think there is there is more value in every aspect of life, society, culture, whatever, if we would really start looking into interconnectivity and how A affects B on the macro and micro level. So that's probably what I'd say I'm most curious about. But like the other half really ties into like same kind of concepts, but with people and identity and choices. 
I just kind of feel like the world we live in, and I guess I'm more so speaking mostly to America, but it really does extend, I think, to the whole world. I don't understand why we all just, I mean, I guess I kind of do understand it. We all just buy into the laws and rules that society has put in place. And I think we, technology has advanced. So many things have changed and advanced that I don't understand why people just stick to these kind of old world rules. Like they no longer serve you as a people. They no longer serve us as a society. So, and I understand there's fear. I understand as we do as black people, you know, look at Malcolm X, you know, like you speak out too loud, you're put down. I get it. I understand the fear, but I think it's seriously time that as a society, black, white, Asian, whatever you are, as a society, it's time to stop with just buying into what we're, we're born and raised to buy into. It's bullshit. (sighs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm out there, y'all. I You could ask me, like, what did you eat for lunch? And I'll end up talking about craters on the moon. So, the, you know, I get it. No, I, the thing is, I felt like I was right there with you. Like, I get it. It was it was just, like, taking that extra second to rip, because it's kind of hard to do this sometimes, but uh, take that extra second to, mm-hmm. like, really um, sit with what I just heard. Usually, at least once during one of these interviews, one another side benefit of doing these things is somebody will say something to me that resonates like on a on a like on a deeper emotional level, I guess, and so I have to sit with it for a second before I, before I go on like, whoo, that was a lot, okay, <laughs> I knew it was going to be, and I got what I came for. <laughs> But I appreciate uh, that's one of the things I love about your show. You you don't always lead the conversation. I think that's what I wonder if that's why you actually do the intro every time. Um, <laughs> but um, but you don't. Yeah. But you don't say a lot. But when you do, it's like it's. Uh, it's to the point and it's direct and it adds meaning. And I appreciate that. That's like, I appreciate the three of you for very different reasons. And that's one of the reasons I appreciate you. I appreciate that honesty and that tell you, you tell it exactly like you see it. And I appreciate that. If nobody else tells you that ever again, I want you to know that I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. To to be honest with you, I don't think I really heard that much since high school. (laughs) Like, so. Um, definitely. And even with the Boondock Project, I know we were kind of talking about this at the beginning, um, before we were recording, like, I've had people like listen to him and be like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you're like one of my sisters said, you are Huey. Do you know that? And I was like, Oh girl, get out. Because I'm not that, I'm not that educated as I should be about like black history. I'm definitely working on it. And please don't take that as like, I don't know black history. I do, but I just feel like, you know, there's so much that's uncovered every day that like, we were just never taught and never you know given the access to you really have to go out there and learn it for yourself read books and all of this sort of stuff so she was like you should speak up more and that that but I think there is um and I've said this to the girls and to Dean as well and even I consider um MJ's husband he's like our silent fifth partner mm-hmm. like there is a flow and a magic to what's going on there and I don't think I need to be um more vocal on that podcast I I kind of I chime in where I feel it's valuable and I let the ladies 
definitely carry out their magic as well, I think. It works to me. I think it's a beautiful symphony, and I don't know. I like it. Question number five. Is there anything I should have asked but didn't? No. (laughs) No. Like, even reading the questions, or like even on Boondock's podcast or Trash Talking podcast or in business or whatever, I'm, I used to be when I was younger, just a volcano, just spewing shit out all the time, just nonstop, just talking, 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 talking. And then as I kind of aged, I think I became more observing, 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 and just kind of responding to the world instead of trying to force anything or put anything out there. So that's typically my mode. So there's nothing, I'm very open. There is nothing you can't ask me, but at the same time, like I'm, I don't know, whatever, just roll with it. There's nothing you should have asked. I think everyone is perfect and everything is perfect and there's no wrong or right move except for hurting other people. What is something you do now that you thought you'd never do? Honestly, podcasting, (laughs) podcasting. And to take the podcasting angle off it, honestly, it's being out here in this world as myself, like really being my authentic self. Like I said, I was raised Catholic. My parents were pretty, I mean, my dad was kind of in my life, but out. And my mom was very strict because, you know, she was, you know, a poor mother of four kids just raising them on her own. So everything was regimented, scheduled, like you do good in school, you cut up in school, you're getting a spanking, you know what I mean? So everything was very structured and I was kind of raised to behave. And, you know, like my mom explained it to me as an adult, she basically taught me everything that she could to ensure I would be successful in life. She's like, that is my job as your parent above all. And I will say like to my mommy's defense, like she loved all of her kids to death. When I kind of got older, like probably it was right when I got hired at Xerox, honestly, that I noticed it the most. But as I kind of reached my teen years, my mom did start to respond to me different. I noticed like she kind of figured out I was this weird kind of person, like more of an artist than I was artist quote unquote than I was any kind of person who should be regimented or whatever my mom let me paint on the wall it was like a 180 she kind of just let me start to go off and really be myself and explore and didn't question me much or think I was say I was too weird or whatever and when I got hired at Xerox it was kind of really bizarre like a lot of my friends and stuff were like are you sure this is not a scam are you sure this is a real job because it came out of nowhere they just found my little creative writing website and reached out and had me go through this long interview process to join that company. And my mom said to me, like, once I got the gig, it was after like four interviews. And she said, I'm really proud of you. And I want you to be proud that you achieved this. But I want you to go into this with a very clear understanding that these people are never going to accept you. Um, This is going to be really tough for you to deal with. And she was very, very right. Now, and that's not against anyone at Xerox. Xerox was probably the best corporate situation I've ever been in. Like people actually cared about you and like wanted to teach you and work with you and um, this sort of stuff. There were still a lot of issues that went on as with any business. But like just I felt like I was always in a world from Catholic school to corporate America, even college. I was kind of dealing with major depression, but still I just always felt like I did not belong in this world. I'm just not made for it. 
like I said, trash talking podcast, that humor is very blue, but to us, it is so funny. I know to a lot of other people it is too, but it's, it is unacceptable. Also just, it's another plug, but like I'm participating in the black woman speak forum that they're putting on. And like I even said there, I know even now that I have my own business and I'm doing my own thing and I'm becoming successful at it. I know there is going to be a reckoning where the podcasting world and this professional world meet. And however people react to that, I'm going to have to deal with that. But I would rather deal with that and have people say, I don't want to work with you or she's trash or whatever, than ever go back to living a life that is inauthentic or not showing up in the world as my authentic self. I honestly feel like when I achieve this space, that I'm in now, uh, which is very new to me. I've only kind of been independent and out of corporate, out of working for someone else for about seven months now. And as I said to my mom on the phone the other day, I will never know white privilege. I'll never know that. But I imagine this freedom I feel is the closest thing to it. Just to say, I am me. I feel this way about A, B, C, or D. And if you disagree with me, then come before me and let's have the conversation. Or just let me be because I'm not going to stop being me. I'm not going to stop speaking my mind and sharing my voice. And I'm willing to deal with the consequences on the other end of that. Taken or left behind. So the short answer is just be my authentic self. (laughs) As sad as that is. (sighs) Wow. (laughs) Well said. Well said. Yeah, I think the one missing piece is, I think that's actually, the issue is more common than not. I don't think most people feel they can show up in the world as their authentic selves. And I think there there's truth in that. And that's the problem that we've created, going back to that question about why do people buy into the society we inherited? It's time for it to end. Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? Uh, this is a corny one. Uh, maybe I should have picked a different answer, but for me, it would be a week off. Everyone in America should take a freaking week off, and we should all participate in the democratic process during that week. That's just how it is. That's just how it should be. Shut it down and get it in order. And I know we all know the arguments for and against this. I don't think there's any valid argument against it. But that's just how it should be, you guys. We're supposed to be a country, supposed to be, quote unquote, a country built on democracy and all of this sort of stuff. So if there's anything we should celebrate in this country or honor, it should be the democratic process. But, you know, they don't want that. But I won't go into a tirade. (laughs) But that's what it would be. All right. This is the part where you tell all our listeners how to find you on the interwebs and go. You can find me on Twitter at L-Y-N-X underscore K-E-I. That's at Lindsay K. Um, you can also go to boondockspod.com. You can go to trashtalkingpod.com. And, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, if you need SEO services, I, I try to keep my podcasting and business life separate. But I do have my own little SEO business, y'all. I am very good at what I do. And it is called Stellium SEO. Um, you can also reach out to me there. Um, and I guess that's it. 
Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm out there. Well, she's one of a kind, shows up as her authentic self, and that's beautiful. If you want to show us some love, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. It's supposed to help drive the show up the charts so more people can join the conversation. So if you can help me out, that would be awesome. And next week, we continue the honoring of Black History Month as I go on another solo adventure. This time, we learn about the first African-American female to hold a pilot's license, Bessie Coleman. So until next time, see you. Hear it, speak it.